Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, the last public practice for the Chicago Bears was tonight. It was in Indianapolis. I was there. You were getting everything set up. How has your day been? Busy day. Um, like I was saying in the pre-show, I work downtown today, so it's always a little busier, a little longer day for me. Uh, when I work from home, it's I got a little more time uh, to kind of get things taken care of. So hectic, but, but not as hectic as you. I mean, you're you're down there doing the real job, plus you're doing the the the, the football job. So you got everything going on on, on on your plate today. Yeah, this is one of those where it's like, uh, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of thing, right? Like <laughs> it's just been uh, not a lot of sleep this week. Uh, but I've had a lot of energy, right? Like, so going from a conference to doing the, the, the football practices the last two nights, it's fun. Um, you know, the the feel was a little different. I was mentioning in the pregame uh, before before we hit record on the podcast, but a little bit more partisan to the Colts uh, tonight. But I thought it was a really nice experience going back night two. It was a little cooler. It was probably about 10 degrees cooler. Uh, we just had a rainstorm sweep through, you know, in the mid-afternoon. Uh, there's some wind behind that. And then it just sort of like was nice. It was kind of intermittently cloudy and the sun poked its out, head out and then it would be cloudy again. Um, so it's kind of annoying with like sunglasses and stuff, but overall yeah. like a really nice night. And, and I thought that the, the experience was repeated in terms of the things that I really liked, which was there was a guy on the PA and he was telling you what was going to happen. And it was very specific, right? Like we're going to do kickoffs, right? Like uh, at, at one point he, he said, okay, the, you know, Colts offense is here. Bears are. Let's put this another way. Uh, Richardson is going to be on this field, and Fields is going to be on this field. And I That's that all fans funny. care about, right there. Yeah, for, you're right. Like, kind yeah. of real boiled it down. Um, but it was nice because, hey, we're going to go. We're going into a long session here. This is going to be 11 on 11. We're going to see the, the Colts first team offense start off. They're going to get X number of plays. And then they're going to, you know, hand it over to the second team. They're going to do hacks number plays. And then the Bears are going to get to go. And it was just this, like, refreshing, like, explanation of what's happening at practice and what to expect and what the next segments were. Like, there was, like, oh, I think you froze. You know, that, that is a good point, though. Hopefully we'll get you back here soon. But just the fan experience. These training camps, they're – the coaches probably could care less about the fan part of it. Right. But from, from, from the – the franchise perspective, that's their product in the field. The fans are invited to House Hall. They're invited there to, to, to the Colts Park. So, you know, it's a fan experience. And I think as the years go on, I think some of these franchises, for example, the Bears, now they're there, they hear this PA stuff going on. Maybe they'll incorporate that next year at House Hall because 
it is a fan experience. You are doing stuff to cater to the young kids. You know, it's there's there's the stuff with the uh, the the Bears Care. There's the stuff with the kids' castle. All that. So whatever whatever they called it over there as you're walking in, you know, they're they're trying to get you know the fans excited for the product on the field and and doing that kind of stuff where you're talking on the PA. You know, maybe even get to the point where they'll they'll say, you know, we're gonna start seven on sevens. We're gonna do one on ones over here. The the O line versus D line on on the on the far field stuff like that. I think that would kind of help the fan ex- overall experience. My back? You, yeah, you're back. You're back. That's why I kind of stopped because I saw you moving. Okay. Around. All right. All right. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. I didn't freeze on my screen. So you are remote. You're, you're like you said. You're, you're in a hotel. You're in Indianapolis. So uh, right. This might happen. Yep. It's live. Yep. It, is, it is what it is. Yeah. Live television. You know, you just got to roll with the punches <laughs> here. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that part of it, and um, I think overall. It's just a better experience than, than what we had at Bears camp. Um, and so I, I just hope that they maybe loosen things up a little bit. Like I said last night, they do have those signs very prominent that say no video recording. You know, again, I followed that, but I tried to click better picture. Someone gave me a hard time for posting a terrible picture. And part of it is your phone. Like I have it where it captures like motion. And like, I think I like dropped my phone as I was still taking uh, the picture yeah. or something. But I'm not, I'm trying to like get it out. I'm not like looking, you know, I'm not really editing myself. Hopefully I did a little better tonight on the pictures. I the do, picture I do, nice. I do think I put up a couple bad ones out last night. It was a fair criticism, but also That's one of those criticisms where it's like, I don't really need it right now. But, um, but well, I think, I think these camp pictures, yes, we want to see the formation. We want to see what's going on. But I don't know, from my perspective, it's all just like, oh, look, Jeff's there. There's his, there's what he's looking at. I mean, to me as a fan, that's enough for me. I mean, yeah, I want to see more sometimes, but but you know, I'm not going to nitpick you. So, you know, it's it is what it is. Uh, one thing I want I forgot to ask you yesterday. Yesterday, I want to ask you again today is so these camp practices are at six o'clock Eastern time, so they're they're more in the evening hours. You know, what's that like? Because I know at, at, at Bourbon A, and then of course at House Hall, they've always been you know first thing in the morning. The only time the Bears do anything where they do a, an evening type practice is when they do their their their, uh, their family fest. So what's it like? having a, a later practice in the day and they even did the family fest in the morning this year I oh think. they did this year correct right so i i really like it because it's going to be it wasn't bad yesterday at the start you know temperature wise um, but it's just going to get cooler as you go on right whereas opposed to when you get to house hall it's 10 o'clock it's humid right like i mean we most of us are well i, I don't know you might live anywhere so i, I shouldn't say this but if you've been to the midwest yeah in the summer it is it's usually very humid in the morning and then as it heats up it's sort of hot and humid and then sometimes you might burn off that humidity and get a drier heat but like generally the morning actually isn't that great to work out in because it's it's usually really humid and so at least by the afternoon you've burned you have a chance to burn off some of that humidity so i like it like i thought it was a lot nicer to take in those practices um and i i mean you don't have to get up early right like i mean you could work and then get to the park and, and take in the practice as opposed to taking off the whole day, right? It's much more convenient as a fan, I as think, fan. That to, to have those. And I th- would think as a player, I would think that it would be a little nicer with the weather. Like, I think that would be nice. But as a player, you might want to get that practice in already, then go at lunch, and then maybe do the meetings in the afternoon. I, I think as a player, I'd probably want the earlier practices, even if it's a little less comfortable as an athlete. They're professional athletes. They'll be fine. They'll be um, fine. But... But I think that the as a fan, it's much better to have it at night. 
So yesterday, the, the, there are two fields. We, we talked about yesterday how they're they're kind of butted up against each other, the end zone to end zone, end zone to end zone. Yesterday, you were kind of in front of the offense. Today, you wanted to flip it up, so you were in front of the defense. So yep. we'll kind of talk on those a little more specific after the break. But I do want to get into the, the big news of the day that kind of popped up after um, the practice. That is Coach Eberflus mentioned that Justin Field will not play on Saturday nights against the Colts. How are you feeling about that? Well, obviously you want to see Fields play. Um, I did get to see, you know, quite a bit of uh, Justin Fields the last two days and watching him, you know, really play pretty well overall, I would say, and and, and certainly throw a lot of really nice balls um, to a wide variety of wide receivers. You know, it, was, yeah. it wasn't just DJ Moore. You know, he was up and down the depth chart. And so I think it's fine. If you want to protect your guy, I get it. You don't want to necessarily put him out there. And things were getting pretty chippy. And so I wonder if maybe there's part of it where it's like, you know, you 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 put up the the live uh, hitting in a, in a real preseason game. You know, these guys may be willing to sort of take that extra step, and we don't want number one to be uh, put in harm's way. I can kind of get it, uh, but yeah, you want to you want to see your guy play, but I think we want to see him play in real yeah. action. So I think it's fine. I don't think he needs the reps. This isn't one of those situations. You know who needs the reps is Anthony Richardson. Yeah. That guy needs all the reps. So uh, we'll see how long he plays on Saturday because a very erratic uh, performance from him tonight. That's the Colts' first round rookie. I mean, he he's going to struggle. You know, he's but right. he's a, he's a great athlete. He has a real live arm. Um, you know, he was compared a little bit to Fields coming out because of the athleticism, because of the big arm he had. Uh, so it, it'll be fun to watch his career progress. You know, especially since he's over there in the AFC, it'll be kind of nice to see what he does over there. Um, but yeah, Justin Fields got plenty of work these two days of practice against the Colts. And he saw defenses he will not see on Saturday had he played because preseason games are vanilla. Our colleague, Greg Gabriel, uh, he wrote about this earlier in the week. He talked about these joint practice, why they're so important is because the film that happens there, that's not shared with, that's internal. That's the Colts film and that's the Bears film. The preseason film, that's shared around the league, you know, so you know, they're not going to pick up tendencies off of a preseason game anyway. So that's why teams all, all run vanilla stuff. So Fields saw more variety of defensive coverages, of, of blitzes and stuff in these two days than he'll see at all on Saturday. So I'm fine with them not playing. I am curious to see what happens now in, in the third preseason game. You know, when a lot of times teams kind of scale things back, which, again, there's not a fourth game no longer. The last couple of years has only been three. We're not sure how the Bears are going to handle that. So I would like to see Justin Fields go out there and kind of, you know, go through a couple of series, see what happens. But maybe they've decided just to kind of scale them back. Yeah, I think it is what it is. But I think from what I saw, this Fields is ready to go. Like, I'm, I'm not too worried that he needs more reps in the preseason to get himself there. Year two in the scheme. He's had a nice offseason working with his guys. I, I think he's ready. You know, he's he's he still may have some bumps in the road here. You know, he may not come out and, and be perfect against the Packers, but you know, I think he's ready. Like you said, he's ready. He's as ready as he will be. So we'll see yeah. what happens here. Uh, let's move on to Trent's tribute because that's where we usually like to start. But since the, the news of fields was so big, I had to go there. Again, you're watching most of the defense. You know, who in the trenches that you noticed stood out to you today? Yeah, um, well, I want to say, do we have an update on Cody White here? I believe they said it wasn't serious. Again, this is Coach Flus's, yeah, his his thing. Nothing serious. They'll let us know if it is. 
because I heard he left practice. I didn't see it after like one on one, you know, or one on ones or or individual drills or whatever. And I just want to like make sure that we all take a moment and think, you know, positive thoughts, send positive energy. You know, maybe we set an edible arrangement, you know, to to Cody to make sure that he knows that we're behind him. You know, anybody wants to dedicate. Uh, you know, donate their kneecaps or whatever it is that is bothering him. You know, like, it's a hand injury. I believe it's a right hand injury. Yeah. Anybody wants to donate their right hand in exchange, yeah. right? I mean, anything, right? Let's 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 just put out the good energy for Cody because uh, the backup did not perform very well. We'll Doug leave it Kramer. at that. There's a lot of Doug Kramer fans on our message boards and in Twitter. I, I think he's an Illinois guy. He's also went to high school locally, I believe. So no. that's part I, of it. I think he's got a long way to go if he's yeah. if he's gonna really make a roster. Just just to give like a very honest opinion, um, but but I just don't see it right now of, with where he's at. But so I just wanted to kind of start the trench tribute with that. Like let's send positive thoughts um, to to Cody's way. Um, I I wanted to to say most of my thought again where I was sitting with the angle, it was much easier to watch the secondary, but uh, uh, our boy Dexter. Got into the, got into it a little bit. He like, threw a punch. I, I thought threw, I saw on Twitter. Yeah, so he's kind of willing to throw hands, right? They got real chippy. It wasn't just the line that happened early, and that got that got separated. And then there was, um, I believe, Terrell Smith uh, got did, into yeah. it and, and instigated that. So that was uh, that was the big ruckus that cleared the benches. And then there was another one that cleared the benches. So that was a lot of chippiness and fighting, but it kind of started with Dexter, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I don't know, defensive lineman kind of like standing up for himself. I, I don't know. It just felt like, you know, all right, like that, that's, but that's about as good as I could see from where I was at. For me, it was a lot more watching to see if the, it, honestly, it felt more like coverage sacks that were happening on Richardson. And then, um, some poorly thrown balls and then uh, some uh, some nice plays by the secondary. But I didn't necessarily see the pocket collapsing or anything or anybody like getting around for a lot of obvious sacks or anything like that. Uh, so I don't have a very good trench tribute for the defensive line, but I like uh, Dexter being a little, you know, be- being willing to like throw down, which I'm not a fighting guy. I don't want the penalties or anything <laughs> like that, but I like the like passion. The fire and the passion is there. Sometimes yeah. you got to let your inner me fall out and just embrace the fire and the passion, my friend, because sometimes your team needs that. It gets the whole team fired up. Gets them fired up. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, it felt it felt like maybe that sort of initiated these additional brawls, you know, because it just that was the first one that, that sort of happened. But I don't know. I kind of liked it. So you mentioned the Doug Kramer. So with Cody Waiter out, Lucas Patrick is also injured. He's he hasn't been practicing much lately. So it was Doug Kramer in there at center uh, during the during the eleven on elevens. Um, also, Nate Davis is back. He came back yesterday. He was working in a little bit there, but, but it was uh, Jatari Carter again uh, playing a lot at right guard. Other than that, it was your usual guys: Tevin Jenkins, um, you know, Braxton Jones, uh, Darnell Wright. But uh, like like we talked about last night, the O line starting to build some continuity here. You know, they're starting to get a little comfortable. Nate Davis is slowly working his way back. Uh, the Cody Wider thing, hopefully it's not long-term. I, I just double-checked Twitter. There was no update from Coach Flus. He updated some other injury guys. He did not talk about Wider. Obviously, it happened today. It was a hand. 
uh, depending on the severity, they're probably going to get x-rays, you know, just me speculating. Um, but, you know, maybe he doesn't play either on Saturday because Coach Lou said he'll hold a few a uh, few guys out. He didn't say the whole number two unit would be out there, but I'm guessing if Whitehair is dinged up, he's not playing. And if you're not going to play Cody Whitehair, I'm even more happy they're not going to play Justin Fields. 100%. I was just going to say that. Like, <laughs> if you're not going to put Whitehair out there and Patrick's unavailable, then I definitely don't want Justin Fields out there. Exactly. So let's uh, jump into a break here. And then uh, the other side, we'll, uh, we'll get in some offense, defense, and I'll also touch on the injury report too. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back, Jeff. Again, even though I'm on this side of the video screen, still running the board, it's got me discombobulated. So before we get in, like I said, you were in front of the defense. We'll talk about offense a little bit. But before we do get into that, I do want to touch on the injuries. Um, Today, there was no Eddie Jackson. Uh, Tyler Scott did not practice today. You talked about yesterday you didn't see him much. Maybe he got dinged up yesterday. Um, Also not practicing, Valus Jones, Tremaine Edmonds. Demarquis Gates, Lucas Patrick, Jaquan Brisker, Josh Blackwell, Chase Claypool, and Treston Ebner. Bayless Jones is uh, missing after having a pretty strong day on offense yesterday. Uh, that, that's not good for him. Hopefully he gets a chance to get out there and play. We talked about it yesterday, how his his electricity with the ball in his hands, his speed, his his ability to break tackles, they need that if he can work on his, his fielding the punts and get a little better there. So him missing. Bad news for him. Bad news. And I would assume that they may have given him kick return reps. I'm not sure, but um, they, uh, they had the, they, they did kick return today to get the punt return yesterday. And uh, I, I, I might as well just kind of talk about that. Yeah, we're here. We're, we're uh, hopping around. That's good. We're hopping around. So sorry, this is top of my notes here, but bears return unit actually looked really good. There's three three returns. They gashed all three. Like, they looked really good. Sippa Webster had a good return, but lost the fumble. Um, but, uh, and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember. The Joe Reed? Name. Was it Joe Reed took yeah, him back to the house? Number 80. I think. Like, he yeah. looked really, it looked really good. Now, again, you know, you'd have to kind of go back and look at it. There's a little bit of, like, kind of breaking down on some of the, the guys, like, we're not going to pop you, right? But the whistle didn't blow, and it didn't necessarily look like his progress was impeded necessarily. So, he might, he may have actually had that as a as a full take back for for six, um, and so I thought that the the kick return unit looked really good. 
and I was wondering if we're going to flip it around. It's going to be the same thing, you know, and it's just like, oh, it's just kind of what this drill is. And these guys are going, you know, no, the Bears like shut down. They covered the kicks well, all three of the kicks, they really covered well. Um, and so that was really kind of cool to see, like Bears totally won the, the kickoff reps. Uh, so I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. Uh, and that was all right in front of me. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was good news um, to see that. And then offensive standouts. Other than that, um, did you pull anything from Twitter that you were uh, particularly? It, it sounded like Justin Fields had a. Had, yeah, he wasn't, you know, on top of everything. Um, I know that uh, I saw a few interceptions. Um, I, I saw a few tip balls that were picked off, but I saw he got hot in a couple of the uh, of the red zone stuff. Um, DJ Moore obviously was down there. Um, I saw one time, I think he had like three straight touchdowns, I believe it was. But Sam Householder, who was also there uh, with you today, if you go back and look through his feed, this man must have tweeted out 50 tweets today. So go find where he starts tweeting about practice. And it's in chronological order. I'm telling you, I've never seen so many get so – he fired a ton of tweets off. And I, I, I retweeted a bunch of them from the WCG account. Uh, but if you go find Sam Householder and just kind of read through his stuff, he's got a, a, a pretty good – snapshot of the of justin fields and, and what he saw when he was out there so we talked about this when we were at camp and house hall is that the offense has a real advantage on seven on seven so you should see a pretty good completion percentage on seven on sevens and that's sort of what we saw today from fields from what i gather again i'm, I'm watching the other side of the field but he was really sharp on the seven on sevens like i think he was maybe he was, was perfect in the session um and then what I was trying to explain to some Colts fans near me when they were kind of asking about this is like, well, the offense has the advantage. And so the fact that what I'm watching, which is Anthony Richardson and the bears defense really suffocating on the seven on seven, like he, his numbers were bad, like just objectively bad. And I was like, that's a, like a huge win for the bears. So yeah. it, again, seven on seven sessions, it felt like the bears really just owned both sides of the ball there too. So I think that was really noteworthy in that Justin Fields was really sharp, and but you would hope and expect that a seven-on-seven drill, but the Bears' defense on seven-on-seven really won that on the other side of the field. I saw some positive tweets about backup P.J. Walker. Did you notice the backup quarterback slinging at all, at all today? Not at all. Nope. So from what I gathered from Twitter, again, I wasn't there. This is kind of just going through the timeline of, of Sam of uh, Lou Medina. There was a few other guys that I kind of followed, uh, Zach Pearson, a few other guys. Um, P.J. Walker seemed to have a nice day, bounce back, and I didn't see much about Nathan Peterman, but I did see a few of the uh, of the Badgent tweets, who is the Bears' four-string UDFA. Um, again, talk some fans talk about his live arm, you know, accurate on some stuff, looks the part, you know. It, it's So maybe the Bears may have found a guy here, like we talked about yesterday, that can kind of stash on the practice squad and you know, I'm, again, these UDFAs, the odds of them panning out a quarterback are slim to none. But you know what? If if he becomes a guy that you trust as your QB2 for a year or two, that's a win because he's an undrafted free agent, very cost-controlled. You trust him. He's in your system, and you can spend that money at another position because you believe that the guy you have there at number two, again, I don't think it'll happen this year, but let's say a couple years down the road, you trust him as your two. That's a big win for the franchise. Yeah, I think our friend, uh, our buddy Brad Spielberger, mentioned something to the effect of you develop a guy like that, you save money on a veteran backup quarterback, that money can buy you a guard, right? Yeah. I mean, like that, that's, and those are the kind of wins that happen at the GM level 
that really add up over time because you're able to allocate your resources in a way that puts that money on the field and, and allows you to have better players that positions that you may try to uh, scrimp and save otherwise. Right. So if, yeah, if you can develop him into a, a backup that you feel comfortable with, that's only going to be for the better of this, of this entire roster. Brian Hoyer, you know, Taylor Heineke, there's guys throughout the NFL that we see that kind of came out of nowhere and they're like, you know, they're not great. You know, even the guys that are kind of like the seventh round picks, you know, don't expect much. Uh, Nick Mullins, you don't expect much out of these guys, but they they play competent enough football to where you're not forced to go out and sign a guy like, I'm not, not saying P.J. Walker was a bad signing, I like it. Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel, for example, you know, just someone that's competent. You don't, you, you don't have to spend a ton of money on your backup because you developed your own guy that could be that backup spot. So, yep, absolutely. Anyone else stand on offense again? If you were over on defense mostly, anyone else you want to kind of mention before we kick over to the uh, defensive side of things? Well, DJ Moore is really good. DJ Continues Moore, yeah. to look really good. Yeah, that's that's the tweet. That seems like every single day once practice gets going, that's uh, someone tweets it out. The the fields to more connection is real. It's it's there all the time, and I saw someone I forget who it was. They tweeted out today that, you know, they're going to stop saying that because it's so obvious now. It's it's a given. You know, yep. he's he's the man. He is the guy. So let's take over to defense. You were there. You said the secondary was what kind of caught your eye because the way the way you were sitting there, no safeties, no no Jackson, no Brisker. So it was uh, Thomas and Elijah Hicks were your starters, and I saw Hicks had a pick. Did anything from the safety position stand out to you today? Hicks definitely. I saw him. Hicks definitely had a, a nice pass breakup. Pass in the, breakup. In the back back okay. of the end zone. Gordon had a pick. Gordon, that's and right. It was right. an awesome, awesome rep. I I love Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, he did the Spider Man afterwards. Did like kind of a thumbs up or you know, something to the crowd, and then did the Spider Man to somebody. But like it was an aw- I mean, it was one of those where I watched the whole rep. For, I can kind of see it in my mind, and he just he had the guy the whole time. Like I mean, he just. He played it perfectly. He's basically running the route for him. He turns his head at the right time, and he he ball skills makes the play. Like I mean, it was beautiful. Again, if I could take video, I would love to have had that video and to share it with you guys. I can see it in my head still, though. It was it, it was the highlight of the practice for me, and it, it he had won the rep in the first second. Like you could just tell he was on it. And it was Richardson throwing the ball. I mean, it was, you know, it was the ones, it was, the, you know, one of their top wide receivers. And he, he was able to just run the route for the guy, flipped his head at the right time, made the play on the ball. And you could tell he was pumped. And, I mean, and he, turnovers are celebrated, of course, by everybody, um, you know, on that defense. But he was pumped. Um, you could tell that he knew that it was just a perfect play. And uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. That was, it was a real standout. But overall, the number of times that Richardson had to, um, you know, fake that he was rolling out after not seeing anything, either in seven on sevens or in the team drills. When they got to the team and he started running, they'd blow the whistle, like, "Nope, you're sacked." And, you know, maybe that's not real. Maybe he could break tackles because he's, you know, this this really big athletic guy. But those that's forced by the secondary. Like he's not seeing his reads, and it's because that secondary is able to lock guys down. And again, they're doing that, you know, with guys missing practice for one reason or another. Uh, it, the secondary is really interesting. They're really going to be good. I know it's a rookie quarterback that they were going against the last couple of days. Um, but I heard yesterday that the secondary looked pretty good. And and today just really kind of confirmed everything that I we saw at camp too, right? Like, there, you know, there would be times where the secondary would look really sharp. 
and really give Justin Fields some some headaches. And and I think that you can count on Jaquan Brisker taking that second year step. You could, Kyler Gordon is definitely taking that second year yeah. step. And you know you've got a, a really solid veteran presence with Eddie Jackson. Uh, you know we know Jalen Johnson is a really good corner. That's four guys, right? And then you you've got Tyree Stevenson, who we think can kind of step in and be that fifth guy. It's there's a lot of guys that uh, can really play ball here, and and I think they showed out the last two days. Well, Ty- Tyree Stevenson, uh, he had some. I guess he was chirping again today, you know, doing a little, little trash talk. And again, it kind of goes to the position, right? You know, receivers mm-hmm. and corners, those guys chirp. That's kind of what they do. You know, they're out there on an island a lot against each other, so they're always talking back and forth. And if you got a guy like Stevenson who, you know, he played at the U, so he, he brings that energy to the, to the Bears. If he can back that up, you know, again, we talked, we were joking a little about how Dexter kind of brings a passion and fire. You know, if you got a guy that's out there chirping and he's winning his one on ones and, he, and he's shutting guys down, your defense can feed off that. Yeah, it looks like these guys are really like have a lot of energy and they're playing with each other. Um, you know, it, it, they're starting to feed off each other and they're starting to kind of see what the other person's doing, which, you know, working as that tandem, that, that team. Um, I think it's really exciting. And then we're not even talking about the linebackers, which we think are going to be really good too. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, so, so you didn't have, uh, you know, you didn't have the big free agent acquisition because he, Tremaine Edmonds was out again. He's Edmonds is still hurt. They but, keep saying he's fine. Right. But, I, I think know, as, like, as, yeah, as Bears fans, we've seen this story before. Right. And it's like we get a little nervous because, you know, it seems like every year there's a guy where, like, it keeps saying he's fine. And then all of a sudden, oh, back surgery. Oh, right. Right. You know, like, oh, what's happening? But but he is out there. He is engaged. You know, he he's out there with his teammates, it's, as are all the injured guys. I, I saw a tweet today, a Jaquan Brisker, you know, while the, the defense was doing the huddle, he was in the huddle going through his hand signals, doing what he has to do to make sure he stays mentally prepared. And that's. You know, get it goes to these the, the makeup of these players. They want to stay engaged. They understand what what you know. Leading up to Week One here against the Packers, they're staying ready at all times. Yeah. Um, again, I, I'm really excited because I think we we strongly believe that the linebacking core could be a strength. Yeah. And then we have seen evidence that the secondary is really making the strides. So now your back seven looks really exciting. That's great. Now the front four, maybe it's you know we'll see, but the the back seven looks like it could be really competitive and that's going to be a lot of fun. So from your vantage point, it was tough to kind of see the the line a little bit, but I did see some tweets saying how the Bears are getting some pressure. Um, you know, you, you talked about the the day Richardson had a bit inconsistent. You know, with some of the stuff here, even in a seven on seven, so there's no pass rush. But if you go through all your progressions, you have nowhere to go. That's a win. You assume as a coach, okay, my my D line would have got home. In, in this situation, if you're back there for, you know, three and a half, four or five seconds, you know, that that's a sack in the real world. So Richardson has to go through his progressions. And if he finally is able to hit a guy late, those plays aren't happening. And and even though Richardson had a chance to go through his progressions, he was still missing guys because of, of the good coverage. So really the only success that he had on those seven on sevens, in, in my opinion, and they go back, no, he had this, I don't know, but they were slants, which are unguardable in one-on-ones. In one-on-ones, yeah. And and even then, he threw behind a guy once, and there was a pass breakup, and he was off target on another one. So even those weren't perfect. But And that's why I, I think I tweeted out, like, the rest of the session was pretty boring because it was a lot of slants. You can't, def- you can't defend it one-on-one if it's anywhere close to the guy. 
but a linebacker would make would potentially be able to make a play. Like yeah. you know, so you have if you're playing with the full field, you're not going to get away with that. But on the one on ones, it was pretty boring. Um, but but when we got to seven on seven, even like he just he was inaccurate and he was he was forcing some balls uh, in, into places he probably shouldn't have. Um, so is that good secondary play? Is that rookie quarterback play or a combination of both? I'd like to think it's both. Which is fine. He's a rookie. Now I want to ask you. So the Colts announced he's their starter week one. Rookie. You know, uh, a lot of people didn't think he would kind of step in and be able to take that role immediately. The Colts said, hey, you know what? That's our guy. Why waste time? Let's get him out there. Something the Bears didn't do with Justin Fields, you know, a few years ago, obviously. And that really torn a lot of Bears fans. So so, so what? I know it's 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 a Colts thing, but I want to get your take. What, what's your take on the Colts deciding just to go with the rookie week one? Well, I think what's interesting is I was talking to one of the Colts fans um, at the time, and I was like, well, you guys know you're going to be bad, right? Like, that, that was kind of my, my point to him. And he's like, no, I think we're going to be okay, you know. And, and like, I, you're starting a rookie quarterback from week Tough, one who's yeah. a project. And so he may have all of the athleticism of the world, but he's not ready to do anything. He's not ready to string together plays, drives, and certainly not starts for you to win a lot of games. And so I don't know that that should be your expectation. Like your expectation is we're giving this guy all the reps because we want, you know, we don't care what the record is. Right. And so if your mentality is, we just want to get this guy out here and let him learn on the job. And we're committed to him for the long haul. And we just want all the reps that we can get. I think that makes sense, but you can't necessarily pull the plug after this year. If he's, you know, historically bad, you can't, bench him like you know, right like you can't start him week one and then be like you know what he's really not ready and then put in whoever their backup is i don't even know it's, it's gardner Minshew, isn't it oh it I is gardner Minshew. yeah 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 wish i would have uh i didn't see any like crazy outfit you know coming out so it wasn't it wasn't obvious but yes uh gardner Minshew's their backup so to me if you're gonna go ahead and make that decision he's your guy yeah. Like there's no like going back. So if you think that you're going to, you know, well, if it doesn't really work out, we'll kind of bounce back and say, we'll, we'll have a given backseat. That's not really how it works. Like you've committed to this guy, you're going to roll with him. So the Colts could come out and they could be, they could be really bad this year to the point where they may be drafting up high again. So if you're in that position, I mean, Ballard might lose his job in that situation, which I know would make our, our friend Chris uh, Armstrong happy, who, who, hates, who hates Chris Ballard. But um, if, if they draft up high again and one of those quarterbacks are available, you know, would they charge the Kings ransom to try to trade that pick out? Or would they trade in for a guy that's maybe a more polished prospect uh, if they were drafting up that high? I don't know the answer, but I don't mind them going for it. But I, I don't, they can't play games with it. They have to, he's got to start, if he's healthy, he has to start every game he's healthy. It's definitely an interesting situation because, you know, if, if they do commit to the rookie and then they, they roll with it and he's just so horrendously bad and they are in a position to move on because this is a pretty good draft class for quarterbacks. So they may be in a spot to draft one of those guys. And if that's the case, then maybe they move on from Richardson or, or maybe they, like you said, he does enough to show him where, yeah, we can, we can kind of, you know, win with him long-term. He showed us enough. The athleticism is where the league is going. We want a running quarterback. And then they kind of do what the Bears did. So trade their pick, 
pick up a bunch of draft picks for the next three years, maybe get a player back in return. And all of a sudden the Colts are, uh, are, are where the bears are this year with arrow pointing up. And I, I know we had some Colts fans on, on our, on our chat, you know, uh, yesterday, listen to the show. We were in their shoes last year. You know, the bears sucked last year, but I enjoyed that team. I enjoyed watching them play every week because it was fun because Justin Fields was doing some stuff here and there. Uh, the, the offense was exciting. You know, they weren't winning games, but, I had the most fun watching that three win bears team than I have, than I can remember than any team that is, that I've watched that have been a losing team. So if the Colts keep that perspective and they understand what they have going forward, I think they can have a fun year. I, I think that that three win team that we experienced last year may have been more fun than that first round playoff loss to the Saints, Saints year. Yeah. Where it was just such a like, why are we? Why are we in the playoffs? Yeah, this is so silly. It was the first year of the seventh seed, right? And it was like, what? This is so silly. And they scored that walk off touchdown to like avoid a. Was it a, to avoid a shutout or was it I to avoid? So. I mean, it was so sad. But like, didn't they, didn't Mitch Trubisky win the uh, the MVP that that game? The the Nick Nickelodeon most yeah, valuable Nickel- player and, and MVP. The MVP, yeah. Yeah. We'll always have the MVP. So I, I guess that's about it. We kind of went through what you got. We guess we can close the podcast out. We'll stick around for a little bit here and answer some questions uh, that we got in, in the chat on the on the video side of things. But you want to get us out of here? Yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back to review the game uh, at some point, probably this weekend. The game's on Saturday, I believe. Saturday night, yeah. And so we will either do another instant game reaction or we'll do the next day. So we'll be back this weekend. Yeah. Uh, to, to talk bear and balance with the normal uh, with the normal categories, and uh, we're we're starting to get close, guys. You know, preseason game number two. There's only three of them. We are close to the season, uh, so stick with us. It's going to be a fun season. And until next time, bear down. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.